and welcome everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Adam from the N Plus One podcast and Miller's Custom Guitars. Today I'm joined by a really cool guest and someone I've known for, gosh, Ryan, 20 plus years. Can you imagine that it's been that long? Crazy. Life goes fast, man. (laughs) Yeah. And this is the great thing. I love having Ryan on. This is my guest, Ryan Lochi. Welcome. Every thunderous applause, thunderous applause, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even remember the title of your current job. It, you were telling me just a second ago, and it's so big, yeah. it's so big. That, yeah. To say it again, what is it your current job is? There's, there's a lot to it. I'm the uh, academic director at the Belonging Co College here in Nashville, Tennessee, and then we're a uh, regional campus of Southeastern University based in Lakeland, Florida. So, yeah. This academic is academic director. This is yeah. amazing. <laughs> this is so yeah. cool that this is your that this is your thing that you that you are doing. But Ryan and I go way back, and this is so great to have you back on. But do you remember, Ryan, when Desiree and I were dating, and you helped me record a love song for Desiree? Do you remember that? Uh, I do. Remember you had <laughs> that you had that studio in your house, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. And I was like, at there the eight tracks. Uh huh. <laughs> and so. Desiree had uh, written me a poem, and then I turned it into a love song, and it was our one-year anniversary, and I, in secret, recorded it, and we would would drive all the way over to your house, which was literally, if you're in Modesto, from where I lived, if there was any place in Modesto that was farther from my house, it was your house. (laughs) They were literally on the exact farthest in from the house. But we, I mean, we cranked out a f- couple weekends where I drove all the way over to your house and we, we recorded this love song for my wife. Then we, we, we made an anniversary trip to the Bay area and I made this like mixtape of all these love songs, mix CD of love songs, romantic songs and stuff. And we listened to it all the way there and we had dinner. It was really romantic. And then we listened to it. All the way back, and the last song was this song I recorded for her. It was a total baller move, and I have to, you'd thank for that. <laughs> and here we are. That was that was like seven, that was almost twenty years ago, and Desiree and I have now been married right. twenty years. So I have you partially That's to crazy. thank for that. So thank you. Well, there you go. I mean, to, to be I'm like thinking back at the whole scope, like when I was going to be on this podcast with you, I, I realized. The times where I led some worship with you for the old college group yeah. at the, the church we both went to, that was like kind of some of my, I did worship in high school uh, with a chapel and mm-hmm. I never really had any intention of doing it as a vocation. Um, but really like those few times were kind of like the start and burgeoning of the, right. what would now become my life's goal. Like right. I'm working on a degree in worship and did 20 years of worship pastoring. And yeah, so well, I, re- times, man. I remember you back then, you know, for me, like... I just always want a guitar in my hand, right? Right. And specifically, I grew up in the church playing worship, right? And so if there was ever worship that needed to be played for a church thing, I just always wanted to be the person that did that. You know, you were there and I was like, yeah, you know, for me, I've always wanted to be inclusive on those things. And so, yeah, come on. And I just remember you were so like timid and shy at the time. You were just kind of like... Yeah, I'm over here, man. You know, <laughs> um, and that didn't last long because here you are 20 years later. You've been a worship pastor. You are now an educator, a full blown yada, 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 whatever you do now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like working on a PhD and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I'm so glad that you joined us today because we actually wanted to talk about worship 
because I wanted to start a mini series that's talking about the modern church. And, you know, this podcast is about uh, hobbies, passions, obsessions. It's about a little bit of everything. And I'm passionate about my beliefs. And, you know, I'm a, a Christ following person. I think nowadays uh, that tends to be come with some bad connotation sometimes. And I, I just, I'm a person, I, I believe that, you know, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that, that the Bible is full of the truth, and that they're still applicable today, and that God at his core wants to have relationships with people. But, you know, the the church ha just has this bad rap in, in today's modern culture. And I was very interested in talking to modern um, pastors and worship leaders and um, yeah. church leaders and to see, you know, how they're maybe dealing with those, that change, how they're trying to fulfill the Great Commission, which is at its core, in my opinion, like all, you know, like the main job, <laughs> right, right. Of, of, you know, Christians everywhere. And I wanted to talk to you on because, as you mentioned, you've had a 20-year-long career in worship. Uh, worship ministries. Right. And uh, I just wondered if maybe we're going to follow the format of the questions and we're going to intersperse <laughs> some of those, some of the, that leaning uh, the topic direction. Um, but if you could talk us to us about worship. Okay. This is a big topic. Okay. But talk to us about yeah. worship, right? What even is it? Right. Describe right. it as like, you can start as like talking to a five-year-old, right? You have some kids, you have like, oh, geez, you have like a lot of kids, right? I've got a lot of kids, got four of them. Yeah. yeah. Youngest one's seven. Okay. So talk, yeah. like you got your seven-year-old and, and he goes, dad, what's worship? He or she, I can't remember what your, your youngest is. Yeah. This was she. Okay. Yeah, she's cool. Your daughter, your daughter, seven-year-old daughter says, dad, we're singing. What the, what the heck is going on? What is worship? Yeah. And start there and maybe you can go up from there, but what even is worship? Sure. Yeah. And this is something that I was just talking to my students about this last week. But now that I'm like well on my way, I'm just doing my dissertation at this point. So I've got all the coursework behind me for a PhD in worship. And I would I would have thought going into it that I would be able to, you know, answer this question more succinctly than I would hope. Um, but now it's kind of, it's the Dunning-Kruger effect at this point. Like it feels like the more I know about it, the less I can really like make it tangible. So like, Okay, so this is the PhD trying to dumb it down. I'll go real high for a just, minute. Just <laughs> imagine how is, quickly yeah. and easily you would have been able to answer this question when you were 22. Man, you, you would have had answers singing. so quick, know. Yeah, you know? But, right. you know. Yeah, because so at, at the face value, like when you come to a church, like, oh, it's the singing time. That's worship. Of course. Um, and that's kind of like, that's what everybody says. But yeah, <laughs> it's so much more deeper than that if we're getting like theological and we're going like for me, I always camp on Romans 12, 1, um, where it's to live your life as an act of obedience. That's your true and proper worship. Okay. That's kind of been my, that's been like my core thing. So if I'm telling my seven-year-old, what are we singing? And, and this is kind of like well, we're singing together to honor God and we're, we're giving worth to the Lord and we're praising his name um, and coming together and doing that as a group, as a church, as the ecclesia, as the called out ones, as, you know, I guess I wouldn't say ecclesia to the seven-year-old, but if we're all coming and like singing, like we're coming together, we're called to come together as a church and to sing together, to honor the Lord together. So, I mean, in, in a roundabout way, worship can start as just singing. So as a seven-year-old, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. But the more you get to know the Lord, the more you grow in your faith with the Lord, the more you realize that that singing is just a small tip of the iceberg for worship. And really just our entire lives are meant to be honoring to God and to live in obedience and to do everything he asks of us and to walk with the Holy Spirit and be open to what he has for us. Like all of that becomes worship. It really is central to the entire entirety of scripture, really. Wow. 
Yeah, that's. <laughs> it's, I'm trying to think yeah. like how do you do? I no, really, that's I really good. do need to figure out the stock. Like I need no, a easier you know, I answer. I feel like but, you know, <laughs> hey, we have a big god, and if and if it was a if it was an easy answer, you know, then then yeah. we wouldn't you know have this debate, you know, you know, all these thousands of years later, you know. Um, right. We talked a little bit about 20 years ago when I was playing on the yeah. lawn at I don't remember where it was, and you were you were there. Was it at a park or something? But um, what was? Like a, yeah. How did you? Um, really get started into leading worship. Um, what was your yeah. gateway drug? Because I know you you guys were musicians at your house. I know because I showed up and recorded a love song <laughs> in your right. uh, in your studio there. But how, how did you kind of make that shift from being a musician to wanting to play worship to being a worship leader yeah. and making it like a, a career path for you? Sure. I mean, um, I remember like going way back, my parents started a contemporary service. It would have been like 1991. So I'd have been about 10 years old at that point. They started a contemporary worship service at the Lutheran church I grew up at. And, and, at and that time, for, for yeah. most people, contemporary, that just means that there's drums, right? Yeah, I mean, realistically, back then, it was like songs. For those who are like way into it, it's like, Lord, I lift your name on high. Um, the old Maranatha band, sure. like all those like, all those songs, which is great because I, I, you know. Cannoli? Met, met Did you have any cannoli in eventually. there? Run cannoli? Got some cannoli. Nice. Yeah, we served cannolis. It was great with, with Hershey syrup and everything. It was fine. Um, but my, my parents did that. And I remember um, they would turn our living room into like a rehearsal space, and then the mm -hmm. band would come practice there every week. And That's at so fun. Young at at ten years old, I didn't like it. I, <laughs> I remember being like actually upset, saying like, "Why can't we just have a normal living room?" Um, and so it wasn't until yeah. I, I went to Christian high school, uh, elementary school. I was in a Christian high school, and um, for whatever reason, I just decided to pick up the guitar. I was 15, had a friend that was playing guitar, and it looked relatively easy to me. And I was like, "Well, I'll give it a shot too." And so I took some lessons because we had some guitars at the house. Um, and then from there, was involved in the worship team. There were some great um, mentors of mine, uh, Brian Kitchen and. Brian Nixon, well, two Brian's, yeah, but like just great mentors that encouraged me to get into into there. Fun fact is, uh, Brian Nixon, where is it? I got one of his books right here. He's a PhD too, and he's been guiding me. I've rekindled a relationship with him, and I've been, uh, you know, getting his guidance while I'm working on my nice. dissertation because he did one too. Nice. But, uh, yeah, so the two of them got me into it. In high school, I didn't think that I would make much of a career. Like, I felt like I could be a worship leader maybe, but I just thought eh, it's probably not going to be um, something that I'd be able to make a living off of. So tried to do the family business for a little while, a lot of sales, and just wasn't really good at that. And then kind of milled around a bit, and that's where I kind of ended up in the college group where you and I met. Right. And, you know, the, the Lord really kind of continued to draw me uh, into worship. And then eventually I got offered an intern position at a church for the youth ministry and— uh, yeah, I hung on right there. That then youth pastor was now the uh, lead pastor of the church, and so he gave me a gave me a job, and I just kind of hung on for twenty years. It's good. Yeah, a lot of times for us, it starts in youth, doesn't it? Right, <laughs> Where you always. get that first taste of leading. It's like, you know, we don't care if it's not that bad. You can lead in worship. <laughs> you can lead in the youth right. group. <laughs> That's where we go. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so this We're is going to get back to tying in with our overarching series uh, theme of trying to connect to the modern culture. What are the misconceptions that you have or that you've come across with um, being a worship and being a worship leader, in, especially yeah. when it comes to the modern um, culture? I mean, there's so many... I, mean, I guess there's a few angles we could take for the misconceptions. Like, I think 
from like a worship leading standpoint, have like now that I'm teaching like worship majors and business, like I'm teaching people that want to be worship leaders in some of the classes, there can be a misconception that worship is just that kind of concert vibe at like a bigger church with all the lights and all that. Um, when really it is a lot more than that. And then like, like we were saying, like if my seven year old is asking what worship is, I think the misconception can often be that we just call, uh, singing worship and then we kind of make each one in the same. If you go to like most of these churches, you'll mm -hmm. often hear like a guy come up for offering time and it's like, we're going to continue our time of worship through offering. And that's kind of like a churchy way to try to make it like help you understand that worship is more than just singing. Right. Um, so I think, I guess, yeah, the misconception would be um, that, that worship is just music. Uh, is probably the big one on, in a lot of ways. And then, right. you know, from the pr professional standpoint, worship leaders thinking that their entire role is to just go do that 20, 30 minutes on the stage. Like they're, they're paid to do just that. Sure. And I try to help people know like worship leaders, we should help our churches, those, you know, people that we're working with, try to help them understand that worship is more than just singing. Cause then, you know, roundabout way, the singing becomes stronger because everybody's not really thinking about the singing and it, it kind of flywheels itself there. Yeah, I remember my um, worship pastor saying he's a full-time worship pastor, and he's like, music is like a quarter of what I do, and like the job of being a pastor, you know, and all that that entails, you know, shepherding is yeah. is seventy five percent, you know, visiting people in hospitals and you know, uh, counseling and you know, all the, the other things that are all entailed with being a pastor, leading people and and you know, shepherding sheep, you know. Um, right. And, uh, I thought that was really, really interesting. And I feel like as, as worship leaders, um, and, and I'll, and I'll say this and I'll just, I'll just throw it out there. I, you know, my background is I'm, I'm a worship. I always consider myself like a worship musician, right? I'm just like a dude playing guitar. I mean, I love to like lead, like be the person singing. I just don't like have the vocal chops to like really do it. <laughs> you know, I've, I've never been a great <laughs> singer. Um, I doubt that I've heard you saying you were fine. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Like I, it's fine. Right. I, I don't have a beautiful <laughs> voice. I don't, I have a, I have a voice. I can, I can hit notes. Right. I don't have a beautiful voice. Right. Um, and I love to lead worship, but I've always said, I've always said this going back, you know, 20 years of playing worship music that in my heart, I believe that every person that's on stage is a worship leader. And I've always acted like that. Even just a dude holding yeah. a guitar. Um, I've, I've always believed that everybody that's serving on the, on the, um, sound team, you know, on the, uh, you know, the slides, you, you know, the ushers, they're all, um, part of the worship team. I truly believe this because if one of those things is amiss, it's going to mess up everything, you know? And right. so, you know, that's part of, in my opinion, part of the, the, the training as, as like a worship pastor, as part of the, the shepherding that goes on to, to train your team that like, Hey, just because you're, let's say, for example, just because you're just holding a bass, sometimes bass gets looked down on I'm guilty. I look down on bass players sometimes uh, just because oh, you're bases, bases. Some of my favorite musicians are maybe our bass players, right? Just because you're holding a bass doesn't mean, you know, that you're not you know, critical doesn't mean you're not being a worship leader. Doesn't mean that, you know, all these things, um, doesn't mean that just because you're over running slides doesn't mean that you're not a critical component to creating an atmosphere that is helping to lead worship. And then the other thing I would say is that, you know, what we're doing, you know, it's like, Hey, I always say this to people, we play worship because it's fun, but that's not why we do it. Like playing worship, playing right. music. It's fun. Playing worship is fun. I love doing it, but we are, we, we're, tasked with 
leading people to the throne room of grace. You know, it's like this, it's like this, um, burden, you know, that we need to take seriously. Right. Um, and it's, you know, that I was talking about misconceptions. Like if you just show up and, you know, to have fun, it's like, yeah, that's fine. But we need to take it seriously. We need to, you know, we need to come prepared. We need to come with our hearts prepared and we need to come ready to worship the Lord. And I always say that, I don't know where I heard this, but people only will go as far as you lead them. You know, we're worship leaders. You know, if we're not leading them into worship, you know, they won't go into worship, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's something I think maybe speaking of just misconceptions too, like when we're, um, when you talk to like real good, healthy worship leaders, worship pastors, they'll say, Hey, my singing's, you know, a very small part of what my pastoring and what my leading is. But conversely, there's a lot of people who really see their platform time as kind of like the, that's what they're there for. And I think that that can be a detriment to the church for sure, because sure. they're not treating it with that. Like you said, like they're not holding it with like a, a reverence and mm-hmm. kind of realizing that the Lord's using them in something really big and wants to do something with them rather than, you know, having it be a showcase for your talent. I mean, pride's kind of the, the first sin, uh, that old Satan had. Right. So, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of just creeps up, especially in the musicians. But I mean, that is, that is a misconception. And, and unfortunately that worship leaders, I think the statistics getting even smaller now, but a, a few years ago, it was like every two years, a worship leader tends to go find another worship leader job. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it I think has to do with a lot of this pride and kind of, uh, disenfranchised with, you know, they got into it because they were looking for an opportunity to utilize their musicianship. And I think, um, even like you were saying, you feel like your voice is just all right. I think that in and of itself in the entire, especially the American evangelical church world, I think a lot of like senior pastors are putting far too much emphasis on making sure that they're hiring worship leaders that have like whatever that it factor is. Mm -hmm. Like they're watching that YouTube reel before they're even looking at their resume or trying to have a conversation with them. They're judging people purely on their voice, which I mean, you got to sound at some, you need to sound decent. You need to be able to hit the notes for sure. Um, but I do think we've, we've put far too many people on a pedestal, um, because they have the talent, but they don't have the, um, spiritual chops to back it up mm-hmm. and nobody's challenged them to do so. So I think that's part of why they end up bouncing from church to church every couple of years. Yeah. That kind of leads us right into the next question, which is as a, uh, worship leader, what do you consider some of the biggest challenges, especially in the, um, kind of modern culture today? Yeah. Especially reaching um, modern like the modern culture. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean that just even just bouncing off that, like reaching the modern culture, I think is a, um, a burden that it would feel like every worship leader tries to run after. And then there's just all of the typical fights. Like you can see memes on Instagram about it all day about all the, there's going to be people that are not happy with the volume of your team. There's going to be people that aren't happy that you have a drum set. Yep. There's going to be people that aren't happy that you're wearing, not wearing shoes on a given week. Like there's always, there's somebody going to be upset about what you're doing. Oh my gosh. Um, it's, so the it's biggest awful. challenge is like, I mean, we can just rattle off right. all of the things, but I always like, I mean, those things are going to come. Um, my encouragement for worship leaders a lot of times is to really just start building relationships with your team. Right. Um, to help them build relationships with your church and you want to build relationships, especially, you know, we're talking like we want to reach the modern. Like I think a lot of that needs to be built on really having strong relationships with some of the senior members at the church, especially as like maybe a young worship leader, worship pastor, the time that you invest in relationships gives you a lot more leeway. Um, when I started at the, the church I was at, 
I, we had comment cards come in that wanted the young guy with the long hair and the red guitar. Um, I had a little red uh, Fender Strat at the time. They didn't want me up there. Like, he was like, he doesn't need to be there. And like, well, I guess I don't, there's no hair left at this point. I got a little <laughs> bit, but, you know, <laughs> no long hair He's outed anymore, yourself, but, man. Yeah, you know, but um, I, it, it just, it, at the time, it was real, I don't know if I was equipped to be mature enough to like, well, I'm going to go talk with that, you know, senior. I had only been doing it for a couple of years. I was emulating everything that I was seeing online. And like, I'm grabbing all the great albums from all the contemporary. When I was getting into it, it was like early Hillsong United and stuff mm -hmm. like that was like the contemporary cool stuff. And so I was like, well, they're doing it. So I'm going to do it. And I'm happy with that. And looking back on it, I wish I would have had the maturity to be able to like really start digging in and building relationships, which eventually I started doing after like a few years of being there. But I think starting right there um, would have been good for me. But again, it's hard. You're 22, and how are you going to come in? And you, you, you feel a little, there's a little bit of imposter syndrome. Um, Definitely. And then I guess it'd be like, you know, to don't look down, don't let them look down on you because you're young and in Timothy. Uh, first Timothy, so I shouldn't do the passage, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, rambling a little bit, but yeah, a lot, there's going to be tons of challenges doing worship ministry. And um, I think it's just important. Relationship is often the thing that's going to help. Yeah, you mentioned... Um you know, the comment cards or whatever. And, um, yeah, I'm on a, a couple different worship leader, like Facebook groups and just yeah. like, you know, people just aren't original, you know, like they get the, the same comment cards all over the country all the time. You know, right. it's, it's, it's just the same thing. And I just love your approach, which is that, you know, sometimes you, you get those comment cards and, and the, the people on those Facebook forums are just like, uh, ditch the old people. Don't worry about what they say. And your, in your, your approach is that's not the approach. The approach is to go make a friend, you know, because sure. you, you know, the relationship is going to bridge that gap. Yeah. And I think that's really, and whether, whether you're a worship pastor or a leader, like you're still pastoring. Like I think that you need to pastor those people, right. not stiff, stiff arm. them. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Right. And you know, like you said, you're, if you're being a leader, um, we need to lead all the people, you know, and they're, right. we're all God's children, you know, like we need to get everybody together. And, you know, I, I know that, that one of the big things you always hear as a worship leader, especially from the older folks is, you know, you don't do enough hymns, you know, or whatever. Um, right. and I always loved doing hymns, but I, I liked to do them funner, you know, like kind of the David yeah. Crowder approach, you know, you would, right. you know, jazz them up, you know, spin them around and make them fun. Yeah. Tom, Tomlin's uh, amazing yeah. grace. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that kind of thing. And for some people that they don't like that even they're like, no, <laughs> like you yeah, you yeah. messed them up or whatever. <laughs> but, but to me, that's like, you know, when, when, when I was picking songs, it's like, you know, I'd, I'd like to throw those songs in there, you know, to, to try to, you know, not just to try to appease people, but because I really like these songs to try to be inclusive, to try to get everybody on board. Right. I don't know. I just feel like that challenge of you don't want to alienate people. You know, if we're sitting up there and then worship's over and everyone's just thinking about everything that's wrong with worship, everything that they're mad about, we definitely didn't succeed. You know, <laughs> like right. we're trying to make an environment that's conducive to worship. We're trying to help people to worship the Lord and, and they're just mad at us. You know? <laughs> it's not right. good. It's not good, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, what you said too, like, you want to try to have like a a broad selection of music. I have a great um, the the per, the professor that is the chair on my dissertation. I remember in one of the classes I was in was talking about um, in Ephesians five nineteen. It talks about singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And he was saying he wasn't necessarily like 
Paul telling us to pick, you know, something from each of those categories, but he was more saying, like, be broad and blended, like nice. minister to the entire congregation. I like that. And that always, like, stuck with me. And then the fun, the fun thing, too, that I like to take some of my students down, um, when we're trying to actually, like, say what a hymn is, like, in the strictest sense, it means it's in a hymnal. And at this point, shout to the Lord's in a hymnal, and you wouldn't consider that a hymn previously. And then, right. then one of the songs I always go to is, uh, there's a song in Christ Alone by the Gettys. Um, you would think it's a hymn just by the way it's put together, but that song's only, like, 20 years old. Right. And so it's just, like, so it becomes... You know, right? I, will you will you win someone over by trying to argue with a senior saint with like this? No, it won't work. But yeah. it is kind of fun to like kind of play around. Like, you know, what do you mean by him? And it usually means the songs that you grew up in, right? Like the songs that you sang when you grew up, which for me as a Lutheran was way different than the Baptist friends I had or yeah. the Pentecostal friends that I had. Which is so weird because the songs I grew up singing, I can't stand. They, yeah, you know, I hear those <laughs> songs and they to me are so cringe. I just like, ugh, those songs are so old and awful like why would we still want to sing those there's new songs and they're great you know <laughs> like why <laughs> enough, but yeah. no like the people you know they just want to sing the old hymns and you know that's fine this is one of my favorite questions which is what what fills your bucket why do you do this you know and this to me i feel like for worship leading is so easy right yeah. why why do you lead worship why are you a worship leader why did you make this your career of 20 years it can't be the money Right. No, I ask myself Ryan, this question. It cannot every be the money, right, Ryan? Why do you, why yeah. do you do this? What, what what fills your bucket? I remember my um, my senior pastor, when I was just becoming licensed as a pastor, um, sat down and he was saying, "If you can do anything else, do that, and really seek the Lord." And uh, I was like, really like. T- took me off guard. Like this is the senior pastor at my church. Said, "Was like, hey, before we license you, let's talk." And like, what? And he was like, "You need to find." Like, if you can do something else, do it, because the burden of ministry, when you really want to take it to heart, is heavy. Um, nice. And like you said, like, it's not glamorous, <laughs> which I guess, as I said that, like, it is a problem because a lot of people are trying to make it glamorous. And that, that I think that's part of the problem is we're trying to turn it into something that gives attention to ourselves. But, yeah, I mean, I really, you know, when I was younger, I just didn't see success in anything I was doing other than music. Um, and then specifically music for the church. And um, I've just loved training others. I love equipping others. I've always got a heart of a teacher. Even right. when I was in worship ministry for 20 years, it was always training young people and old people. Like it's just training up musicians and meeting with them and giving voice lessons and giving music lessons and spiritual guidance. And um, so now that I'm a teacher in worship, uh, that's kind of just the natural extension of being able to kind of just influence more people and, and speak into into more people. So I guess it fills my bucket to nice. do that. I like to read read a lot too at this point. I, I don't know if it's an enjoyment or an obligation, but it's whatever it is, I'm getting through it. So yeah, I like to read a lot, but I, I, I just, I can only read like epic fantasy. I can't read non nonfiction, man. Yeah. We just I got some of that too. We, <laughs> we just got the lost metal from Brandon Sanderson just showed up today. So I'm very excited oh. about that. So. That's cool. Yeah. This is, this is also one of my favorite questions. And I, I don't know this, uh, this might be, this might be interesting coming from you, which is, um, we talked about, we talked about challenges, but do you have any notable like bad experiences? Like, so normally, you know, it's like, Hey, do you have like a gig that went awry or whatever, but especially in, yeah. in this situation, Hey, we're dealing with people, you know, we're trying to lead them. And, and sometimes there's a lot of pain involved. Um, do you have a, maybe a bad experience that you can share that, that 
that comes to mind? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think of the ones that would be the best <laughs> to like share in a, in a yeah, way just, that's uh, maybe something, so maybe cool. something that's yeah. funny or maybe there's something that's just uh, that, that comes to mind or, you know, it doesn't have to be whatever, but you know. Yeah. Well, I think like, like you said at the start of this, there's a lot of misconception. Actually, I take that back. It's not even necessarily misconception. There's a lot of people that conceive that think poorly of the church for a, a lot of appropriate reasons. Like a lot of people in the church have done stupid stuff and have yeah. misrepresented misrepresented the bride of Christ, misrepresented yeah, the church. Definitely. And then people have judged the church and God based on what some people have done. And yeah. that's just like the whole, I mean, arguably that's kind of like the that's that's core of de- deconstruction where people are just like undoing all of their faith. And a lot of that has to do with, um, well, there probably wasn't a need to deconstruct if there wasn't things wrong. And then the problem is this deconstruction kind of spills out and we tear the entire Bible apart and we just tear all of it down. And um, so, yeah, I think if there's, you know, I've got just a few people um, in my life that were just doing great ministry. And then there's church hurt that comes along. And now to kind of see the way some of them reacted and what they're doing in life, it's just, it's a bummer. Um, that they didn't, God didn't really do it to them, but they think that God did it to them because one of God's children or, you know, yeah. supposed children, who knows, like one of, one of God's people had done something that offended, uh, or, you know, kicked yeah. out or they got fired or didn't get to do in worship. It's like, I didn't get to do the songs the way I wanted to do the songs, or I didn't get to lead my ministry the way I wanted to lead my ministry, which ends up you know, being a clash with a senior pastor and, and a worship pastor and which one of them was wrong and senior pastor wins because he's there the longest, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's right. And then right. worship pastor quits and never wants to go back. And yeah. So just seeing, yeah. seeing that throughout the church for being here 20 years, there's a lot of that all, all around. <laughs> yeah. And one of my, my old um, pastor had a saying, which is, I think too poignant, which is that, you know, sheep bite, you know, sometimes the right. the sheep you know, they're, they're not always, they're not always kind. And sometimes they bite, you know, the people in the church and it, it's rough, you know, you're trying to navigate that. And, and just because we go to church doesn't mean that we're fixed. We're all broken, which is right. why we're at church. And sometimes we need to yeah. remember that. And we need to have, you know, we need to have grace for the people that are there, you know, and sometimes that's, yeah. Yeah, sometimes we need grace. I I know I need grace all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you consider maybe the Ryan Lochi signature move when it comes to leading worship or maybe leading people or or maybe you might consider it maybe like a veteran move, something that you maybe haven't seen very many other people do it, but um it's something that you do a lot, but you, uh, you think your ways may be better. I know when I started, it was a fairly controversial to convince the leadership to let me let others lead worship. Oh yeah. Um, that's not, that's not a novel idea no, now. Nowadays. Um, yeah. But f- yeah. I, but like, I, I remember I had a very, um, little bit of a existential crisis for the first five or so years of being in worship ministry. Cause like I tried to be a songwriter because everybody had an EP little album. Everybody was a songwriter that was a worship leader. Everybody had an album to sell. And I tried to write stuff and those songs were terrible. I never <laughs> don't still don't think I ever wrote anything that was good. And I, I it bugged me that yeah. I couldn't do that. And I didn't, I didn't never really had like that bombastic leading voice. Like I'm fine with my voice. I'm happy to lead, but you know, maybe similar to you. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't sit there and say I like have one of the best voices, but I learned very quickly, like maybe it was from starting in youth and I had just a great batch of young people, like always a part of my ministry. Like I loved giving them opportunity to lead and play. And there's a lot of messiness to that, uh, letting them make mistakes and and all that on the stage. Um, when you're at a typical 
evangelical church. We don't like mistakes because it makes us look unprofessional. And, you know, it's just it picks at that whole production value and what's worth more is realism or the production value of a church service. It seems like we're swinging well towards, you know, people just want the real thing now, um, yeah. which is, just blesses my heart. That's it's wonderful cool to see it kind of moving yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely all for pushing people into as much leadership as they can handle. You know, I've, I've always yeah. done that. You know, I, I, I kind of like you have served a lot in youth and, you know, you find those kids, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they're just, they just want to play music, you know, and, and you're like, okay, we're, you rope them in, you kind of trick them. Yeah, we're playing music. Right. Like, oh, haha, we're, <laughs> we're leaders now. You know, you gotta, you gotta, right. you know, you gotta step up, you know? Um, that's how I got involved in yeah, high school. Yeah, exactly. They did that to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to play? All right. Okay. Well, let's get into the the next question. Um, do you have any, uh, leading, do you have any like guilty pleasures? Like something that, um, maybe if, if uh, someone caught you doing it, they might be like if another worship leader was to visit and, <laughs> and you were leading and they, they were like, caught you doing, they'd be like, what in the world is Ryan doing? But you don't care because you do it anyway. I like to mix jazz chords into progressions that tend to, if the whole band's not doing it with you, they clash, but it's okay. Cause it's just, I just hear myself. Um, I like to mix your plagal, uh, progressions. Wait, so instead of, what? Going to, <laughs> it's, I'd mixture like to mix plagal? your plagal. What is that? Yeah. So instead of going, instead of going to a five, um, We'll go to a four and then a borrowed four, a minor four from the other key. That's a plagal cadence and then mixture is like borrowing a chord. So That's too much theory for to me, a, man. <laughs> one to a four to a minor four. Here. Do guitars pick up okay? Is my guitar in two? Yeah, so you go one to a four. Oh, sure. Kind of yeah, thing. okay. A little like walk down. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows. And it's magical. It just makes for beautiful little harmonies. Uh, there's a new, what's the song, Gratitude by Brandon Lake. He just does it in there. So, And then Delirious, the old band with the question mark at the end, they, right. have, they have it in a lot of their stuff. So I always called them, Deliri for I always called them Delirio 5 because it's, it's, <laughs> it's not an Delirio S, it's a 5. Delirio 5, yeah. Delirio 5. 5. <laughs> That's great. Dude. Yeah, so they dude, do a lot of that. <laughs> Delirious. The, dude, the thing about Delirious, you forget how dang good they were you put their albums on they totally hold mm -hmm. up they totally rock those albums totally rock put those albums yeah. guys listen to delirious those albums hold up yeah. and they still rock put them on listen to delirious and we had we we had martin smith on our last tbco oh, album he yes. just came and did uh what's that my harper no it wasn't that which one of the songs he did one of his great songs at our, at our obsession church. great that's obsession right oh, is my heart good to it after that that is my heartburns uh, for you, right? Obsession. Yeah, I don't think that's the one they did. Oh. I'll, like, we'll keep talking and I'll, I'll find it while we're talking. This is gonna bug me. <laughs> Wakens the dawn. That's a good one. Oh my gosh, that song rocks so nice, hard. It's a slow one. Oh, it was what a what a friend I found and obsession. Oh yeah, Those Jesus. Are... Yeah, he put he put them together. So that's oh great. Oh my gosh. There's a great little uh, YouTube video of him singing What a Friend I Found an Obsession uh, at our church earlier this year, and it was just fantastic. So, oh my gosh. Big fan of Delirious, big fan of Martin Smith. So good. Uh, Stu G is like, he's the godfather of worship guitar, you could arguably, or yeah. probably not even arguably. I don't think you can oh, yeah. argue with that. He, for modern modern worship for guitar, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's the United guys, you know, but Stu G, he's the guy. He's at a yeah. church. It's fun being in Franklin. I know he's at a church just up the street from me. So, nice. I need to go say hi. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've been leading worship for 20 years, uh, worship leader. Yeah. What do you consider maybe your favorite 
or best moment? What's the thing that you look back at and go, man, that was just so amazing that that happened? Probably. So I've been, I've got a nonprofit organization that founded, coming up on 10 years now, called the Church Collective, which is a resource for worship leaders. And one of the things we've done, which we haven't done since COVID, but we're going to be doing it again next year. I'm very upset at you that you haven't done this. (laughs) Come on. I've been trying. You coming coming back back. to Modesto? (laughs) That's the plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. That's the plan. But, um. Tell us about the it. biggest like moment is uh, one of the last, probably the last. Con- I mean, every conference is incredible, but like I've made just lifelong friends uh, in the people that help facilitate the conferences, or even you, like seeing you every year, being able to come to the conferences. I think those conferences are a great culmination of the heart of the Church Collective was to offer conferences that could be free for the entire team to come to, because going to any conference tends to be a ton of money, right. and a lot of churches. Um, you know, kind of excludes churches and their teams when you're going to expensive conferences. So our thing was like, well, let's do it local and let's give local worship pastors and leaders the opportunity to lead sessions as well, because Mm -hmm. they have something to bring to the table. We're all doing it. Um, So really just giving people a voice and coming in there and then, yeah, just seeing those days go together and, you know, taking like group photos with people. It's always just like, you know, you know, all these people and then you see them all in person. And yeah, like I've said, I've got lifelong friends through the church collective that I still talk to each and every day. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting another conference in, but that was yeah. good stuff. So if, if you are listening to this and you have no idea what he's talking about, which is probably most everyone, <laughs> um, because, yeah. you know, being a worship leader is kind of a very niche thing, which is what this podcast is all about. They run these conferences. Uh, they're, you call them, what, one-day conferences or whatever you call them. Yeah. Um, well, one-day conferences, you, yeah. You do them in a couple different places. You do one in Modesto because that's where you were based out of. You did one out of – you did one somewhere else, right? Yeah, I've been in Virginia, Virginia Beach is like the other. Those are kind of like the hubs, West Coast, right. East Coast because one of our um, founder guys named Chris Bellamy. Right, Bellamy. Um, he plays saxophone for Zach Williams now too, which is fantastic. But he's uh, that's a big he's job over in Virginia Beach. Yeah, it's a big job. He's yeah. great. He's probably doing it like as we speak. He's probably playing saxophone right now. Um, <laughs> but we would do Virginia Beach and then Modesto, and then we've done like Indiana. We've had right. teams go to Germany and New Zealand and stuff, and then some international stuff. But the yeah, it's kind of it's settled in on East Coast West Coast before going into COVID. We had West Coast Conference uh, like the day I know things shut down. There were people, I know. There were people flying back, and I know. Like, hey, you need to put a mask on when you get off the plane. (laughs) So I I was at this conference and first of all, (laughs) this conference was happening and I was actually, uh, I, I forced my way to be a speaker. I messaged yeah. you and messaged you and messaged you like and yeah, messaged we you. I was polite, which I'm still, I'm still terrible you, in getting back to you people. Kept, <laughs> you kept you kept not getting back to me, and eventually I was like, "You announced <laughs> the conference," and I was like, "Ryan, I've been messaging you for six months, and you have not come back to me." But I have a thing that I think is worthy of a of a of being yeah. a, a class. And you say, well, what is it? You message Fox, and I message Fox, and you guys, yeah, okay, you're slotted, and that was it. But uh, it was it was great. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, but this is this is like my favorite event of the year, right? As a worship leader, yeah. it's free. You guys provide lunch. Your dad cooks hot dogs. <laughs> you know, know you guys, it's, great. and so it's like I, I try to tell all my worship leader friends, you know, like I've been to a couple big worship conferences, right? I've been to Sa- Sacramento. Right. I've been to a couple th- big things, you know, with big names, you know, uh, with Lincoln Brewster and a bunch of different things. And right. those conferences are always great, you know, and you go and you learn a bunch sure. of stuff. And yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah. I feel like, but I always feel like they're trying to sell you something, right? <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Right. There's shirts. There's merch. There's there's the flyers with you know the adopt a kids that are all there. You know, (laughs) it you know, and they are providing the the content that you're there for, but it's like there's so many other things, right? And I feel like your con your those conferences are so focused, and it's just like hey, there there's no there's no frills. It's just like hey. We're here for us. They're, the worship is so powerful and so good. Uh, and, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out. It's too short. You guys do like two songs and get out of there, and then two more the songs and get out of there in the main sessions. Yeah, right, fair enough. So you have all feedback. these worship leaders. You have all these <laughs> worship leaders, right? Who all they do is lead worship for others. Right. And so they finally get to let loose and worship with like the best worship ever. And you just like kick them out. I, I, anyway, I always feel like we need like three <laughs> times that much worship anyway. But um, always, always best to leave them wanting more, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. good feedback. We'll add to yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, definitely more worship. But um, the music is so good. And, and I don't even know when you guys rehearse because it's ba- musicians from everywhere, from all over the country. Yeah. And then the content is so good. You guys have great True. breakout sessions and you, you just provide and every year I've gone I've learned amazing things and ran into old friends and made new friends. So if you are check the church collective they they probably you do you have any scheduled right now? Uh not on the calendar but we are like I said in the works. 2023 should see some. <laughs> the yeah. one complaint the it's I only a, have one complaint which is that you always schedule it the same weekend as my nephew's birthday. And so I, I always have to <laughs> it's like say, early March or so. Right? Yeah. It's like yeah. early March. And it's like, Hey, uh, ne- Justin, all, I can't, it, yeah. my whole family's coming down and I can't go to your birthday. You know, <laughs> <He's always laughs> so, good to know. but those are the best. Yeah, those no, are the best conferences. Yeah. Check them out. They're That's super cool. good. I and that. I always love yeah. them. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by, my other YouTube channel called Miller's Custom Guitars. On that channel, um, I do videos that are all about um, modifications to guitars, uh, teaching how to do setups. Um, I explore guitar tone. Um, I don't really do like demos. It's not really that kind of channel, but I try to teach guitar players how to get the most out of their guitars, how to understand their guitar better. And on, on a recent series, I'm trying to take a deep dive into the guitar tones of Brian May, and I'm having a lot of fun doing those videos. I spend a lot of time and effort trying to make those videos um, as high quality as I can, uh, editing those and, and developing my skills and techniques as a video maker and editor. I write scripts and um, do a bunch of stuff. But I really appreciate it. If you are interested in guitar stuff, you could head over there um, and check out some of those videos. I'll put a link in the description and you can just say hi and say, uh, hey, came over from the N plus one podcast. You know, if you're not into guitar stuff, another great way that you could support this podcast is by taking this episode or any episode that you um, find interesting and picking one person, just one, I'm not asking a lot, pick one person that you think might find that episode interesting and sharing it with them to help grow the show. We're trying to get this podcast off the ground and uh, I'm having so much fun making these podcasts and we would just like to 
get um, our legs under us and get a listener base established, people that are enjoying the show. And if you know of someone who you think might enjoy listening to these conversations, uh, whether it's with Jed talking about photography or John talking about acting or with Gabe talking about how we drank some scotch or um, Josh, how we prospected for gold using moss. If you think someone might find these conversations interesting, um, why don't you pick an episode and share it with one person? I'd really appreciate that. Anyway, we'll get you back to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Okay, so if you, if someone's like, hey, I play an instrument, uh, or I sing, or I think I can sing, <laughs> and yeah. they they say, hey, I really want to be part of worship ministries, or I want to be a worship leader, yeah. what advice would you give right. that person? Um, read your Bible a bunch. Um, find somebody. Mm. If you're if you're talking to me about it, I'll probably be the one to say, "Hey, let's go get some coffee or something like that." And I mean, it would, with me, it's it's with students that are kind of coming in. You know, with Southeastern, there's a worship degree. Like we're not just all worship majors. There's pastoral and there's uh, you know business and psychology that are. It's not all a ministry either. But like, if you're coming in like 18 year old, I want to be a worship leader. That that can mean a lot of different things. They might sure. be very well equipped musically, and they might be just kind of getting started. And, and like I'll you know if they're talking to me, I'll I'll probably be the one. Let's get some coffee. Let's figure out where you're at. And then yeah, doing this for 20 years, I'm real confident in my ability to uh, assess where you are musically and give you tips to get going further. Are are you going to give the them the same being, speech? Are you going to tell them if you do, if you can do anything else, do that? Are you going to give them the same speech? Eventually, if someone tells you, you get to, yeah, that's when you get the licensure, just to make sure, like, what are you going to all the, you know, before you jump into that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. I lost my train of Sorry. thought. On what was I going to say? No, you're fine. That's I butted great. in with um, the joke. Derailed you. <laughs> it's great. That's fine. Um, More advice for for people like, that wanted to do worship. Yeah, yeah. So I would. Um, I would help let you know what you need to work on. Um, right. And then I, I was saying, like, the one caveat is I cannot help you if you're tone deaf. I've tried um, to help people who just are, are you know, I've, Lord knows I've tried. And I do, I, I know I know people who are confident in their ability to help somebody who's tone deaf learn how to actually match pitch. And then I'll point you to them. That's the one, I'll point you to that person. Like, let's go figure that out. Because I've tried and I just don't know how to, if I can't hit a note on a piano and have you sing it, I don't know how to get you there. But if we're there, I can take you far <laughs> like, yeah. but that's the my one caveat but there are people that are really good at it and i still don't quite i've read the books i don't understand how they do it but yeah well and i and i always say you know the church is a big place right and it needs all yeah. kind of people to run right and so like you really want to serve in worship ministries like and maybe you aren't as talented musically as you think you are Right. Right. Okay. Well, guess what? There's tons of things that the worship ministry absolutely critically needs to function and right. that you may be awesome at. So like maybe you're not as good as, at guitar as you thought you were. Okay. But maybe your love of music means that you understand how a soundboard works, or maybe you understand the musical cues. And maybe that means you'd be really good at running lights or, or something, you know, there's, there's a place for everybody serving in the church and maybe yep. it's not on, on the stage, on the platform, but I really believe that there's a place for everybody and, and maybe they yeah. can eventually grow into the, the, the platform positions, um, with right. working on the stuff. But I really think that if, that they can use their gifts that the God gave them, you know? Sure. Yeah. And if you really feel like you want to be in worship ministry, I wouldn't just rely on just the worship leader to be that gatekeeper. Like I would sure. just go take lessons, take guitar lessons, take oh, voice definitely. lessons, go make, make yourself better. 
because that just can't hurt. Um, and I think that'll help, a, that'll go a long way. I've dealt with plenty of people who don't want to get better and then try to audition and it's like, well, you're not quite there. Here's some resources, here's some places you go to listen. Right. They don't do it, they just, but they'll wear it as a chip on their shoulder. Right. Oh, I didn't get, I didn't get in. And it's like, well, I'm trying to, you know, right. you gotta help, help yourself a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, just like, it's just like anything, it's a skill you can develop. As a musician, I've been playing for 27 years. I am slowly, but I'm still getting better as a musician. Not not very much, not right. very fast, but I'm still learning things. I'm still getting better as a musician. You know, you can, no matter where you're at as a musician, you can get better. You can grow. You can improve whatever your instrument is. So I wanted to, and I don't know if you thought of anything, but I've been doing this segment on our, on my podcast called Let's Get Into It, where we actually do a little bit of the topic. So like when uh, Courtney Pong came on and we talked about improv, we did a little like five minute improv game. I don't know if you thought of anything of something we could do that is in the realm of worship leading or anything. Right. Did you think of anything? Uh, it's kind of hard because it's not, we can't sync, right? I mean, the answer right. would be let's sing something together, but like, that's so difficult over the internet. There are tricky. apps that do it, but yeah, um, <laughs> not this one. So that's kind of, I kind of came up short. What about maybe one. something leadership related or I don't know. And I always said, you know, it might not work for everybody, but, um, you know, if we sure. can't think of anything, we can't think of anything. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't think of anything. That's right. You know, we can't we can't always get into it. That's all right. Trivia, jokes, memes. That's all in my brain. Always goes to right. memes, but I don't. Yeah, first worship leader in the Bible's name's He Man. There's a little piece of trivia. That's not really getting into. Is that it. real? <laughs> yeah, Is that real? Look him up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Like the the vocation, the first vocational one. His name's He Man. Yeah. Wow. It'd be like Himan, but you know, He Man. It's when you read it, it's He Man. Nice. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Well, um, we're going to get towards the end here and wrap up and get you out of here. Um, for Ryan Lochi, what is N plus one? What is next? I know you are working on your PhD. What is yeah. next on the docket for Ryan? Yeah. So it's the dissertation right now. Um, that'll be done hopefully by the end of the summer. Um, I am currently an ABD, which means I've done all the schooling, all but dissertation. Oh. Um, so I want to get, get that PhD, be a Dr. Lochi. Um, that's the big goal. Love what's going on in our college. We're kind of growing gangbusters for our site, um, which is great. So just trying to equip myself as best as I can to help train others. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a realtor as well. So just find an opportunity to help people get a great place while we're nice. out here. That's kind yeah. of just like a side thing to kind of just help people out. But, um, yeah, I think the big push is to just continue to equip myself. And while I'm training others, just make myself better to train others. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, we're going to um, ask you the two silly questions in just a second. But uh, before we do that, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, where can people uh, find you, connect with you, um, uh, tender your whatevers? Uh, where, where can people yeah, find sure. you? I mean, the churchcollective.com will have everything for the nonprofit. Right. And honestly, most of what I do is there too, but you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. It's all Ryan Lochi. Okay. And then uh, the church collective on Instagram. We've gotten on, on TikTok, we've actually gotten ourselves a heck of a following for the yeah. church collective, just doing small little guitar tutorials. And yeah, I, love, just, I love your tutorials that was on a, TikTok. Uh, yeah, that was like a, a pandemic um, experiment between myself and Chris, the guy yeah. that was uh, touring, touring with Zach Williams. So we just started making little guitar videos and that's just ran off. So if you want little guitar pointers, two or three of them a day, you know, Church Collective on TikTok. But yeah, yeah. 
Church Collective or Ryan Lochi. Um, the swimmer, Ryan Lochte, is not as popular anymore. So if you Google Ryan Lochi, I do show up a little bit. It used to just be the swimmer because Google would think you were just misspelling his name whenever you'd try to find me. But yeah. yeah. And if someone wanted to um, move to Tennessee and join up to be in one of your classes, what, what school is this? Uh, yeah, Southeastern University, um, where the Belonging Co. College is what you'd, you'd apply there first, and then that'll lead you over to Southeastern University. It's a great school, great church, so you learn, you get your ministry experience with everybody here at the Belonging Co., and you get a solid, accredited, you know, bachelor's, master's degrees, doctorate. Like, it's a very wow, nice. well-accredited degree that you're going to get um, when you come with us, which is something I'm really, you know, happy and jazzed about because, you know, a guy getting a Ph.D., it matters to me that the degree, you know, can go with you wherever you're going, so. It's a solid, solid degree. Amazing. And you also have a podcast. We are fellow yeah. podcasters. And your podcast, oh, yeah. man, uh, we're going to jump ahead because the next, the first, the question is um, the name drop, right? So yeah. I want you to casually drop uh, the name of the most famous person you ever net, met. And I'm looking through your podcast um, yeah. roster of the guests, some of the guests you've had, you've had some yeah, had them all. huge, <laughs> especially in the Christian music industry, you've had some huge right. guests, but, um, uh, I don't want to spoil any, um, go ahead sure. and, uh, what do you think is maybe the most pop, most famous person you've ever met? Yeah, I mean, so when I was prepping for this, my mind immediately, I mean, thank you for the podcast shout out, but my mind immediately went to, I met Weird Al Yankovic twice. What? Twice? <laughs> so that's like, that's where no my brain way. went. Because <laughs> that's just, that was He's it. When I was younger. Man. Yeah, I mean, when I, I, like like I said, like when I was real young, I didn't like that musicianship. Like I didn't like that yeah. my parents had a band in our like, right. living room. I wasn't really into music. Weird Al was kind of my entry point because I've always had like a real, like I liked funny I stuff. I always so loved Weird, Weird Al, Al, man. Yeah. You're going to go see the Weird movie? Weird my stuff. You're going to go see the movie? Uh, I think it comes out like need this to. week or something. It's out. I think oh, my parents out. have already watched it. Okay. Yeah, my, like my dad was in there too, so he's the one that took us to. So we went to see Weird Al, you know, multiple times. I've probably seen him four or five times. But like, I've the heard he puts first on an awesome show, him. right? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I need to do. I need to take my kids to it because it's been forever. But the first time we went. Uh, we were just having lunch uh, before the show and noticed that he was eating at where we were eating. And we kind of just casually waited till he was done eating. And he kind of waved us over and we went and got to talk to Weird Al. And it was crazy. That's amazing. And then, uh, yeah, and at another concert, you know, five years later, um, we just hung around the stage really long afterwards and got invited to the little, you know, whatever meet and greet and got to meet and greet Weird Al. So nice. I like Weird Al. <laughs> but that's yeah, awesome. for the podcast. I mean, even being a part of the Belonging Co., like it, it just, I, and maybe just living in Nashville, like you see all of these Christian artists for sure everywhere. And, it, and it, it's definitely a blessing to be able to talk to them on the podcast and kind of glean their wisdom. But I do love that they're all just great people generally, are really trying to do the best they can for worship. Um, and I, I think it's just, it's great to be able to know a lot of them. I just want to real quick list off. I'm just looking at some of the guests you've had. You've had Stephen Curtis Chapman. You've had Lincoln Brewster. You've had, yeah. uh, Carrie Job. You've had Louis Giglio, Nate Parrish. You've had Cody Carnes, uh, Sean Curran. Um, if you don't know who these people are, you guys have not listened to, uh, Christian music, yeah. Matt Redman, um, or, or, you know, their music at church. You yeah. You definitely have seen their songs, right. uh, Zarling Jack, um, yeah. David Blosh. Um, yeah. So Christian, Christian Stanfield, I mean, yeah. So just like the biggest names in, in Christian yeah. 
music and worship. So that's amazing. Yeah, so. it's been a, been a blessing. Yeah, we put a lot of clips of them. We well, we haven't for a little bit, but you'll see a lot of clips of those interviews on our uh, Instagram account mm-hmm. if you look it up. Church Collective, yes. the Church Collective. Okay, last question, <laughs> and we will get you out of here. This is the big one. This is like why I even do a podcast in the first place. Um, <laughs> what is, in your opinion, the all-time greatest cartoon theme song? Again, I'm a, I'm torn. <laughs> greatest cartoon ever for me is Captain N, the Game Master. What? Um, what is this? I have not heard this. You haven't heard of Captain N, the Game what? Master? What? I have not heard this. Okay. You'll have to, I mean, so I, but, so I have to default towards that's like the, the best theme song, but it's not really a theme song. It's kind of just like an introduction. So Captain uh, N is Captain Nintendo. He's a young, a young man that gets sucked into his TV and like what? visits all the video games. And for a guy who grew up with the Nintendo... You know, playing Legend of wow. Zelda when I'm six years old, like a cartoon about a kid that gets to be in the video games. That was that's it for me. Um, All right. If, if not, if not that for like again the theme song for that one's not so much a theme song. It's got to probably be Ducktales, I guess. Woo! Would be to <laughs> go for that one. Yeah, we got that's a lot of Ducktales. Ducktales is in the yeah. lead right now. It's usually Ducktales. Yeah. yeah. So what, what's it? Gummy what bears. is it? Cap, yeah. Captain <laughs> Captain N. Captain N, yeah. All I right. can't believe you never watched I've it. I've never gotta, heard. You gotta go watch it. Not only have I never yeah, watched it, I've never even heard of it, man. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, yeah. I used to dress up like him because he'd have a Nintendo controller on his belt and he could pause the oh, people around that's him. Cool. And so like I, I did that. I wore that Nintendo. I took the <laughs> guts out of my controller and I wore a controller on my belt. So yeah. I believe that, Ryan. <laughs> that sounds like a very low key oh, thing sure. to do. I mean, you can see. I yeah, mean, I could, still got the games right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, it's confirmed. You're very nerdy. We all we all know this. <laughs> okay. Well, Ryan, thank you once again so much for coming on the podcast. You've been a delight. It's been great catching up with you. Um, Tell Charity hi. Give your kids hugs for me. Um, yeah, man. And uh, until next time, uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I uh, hope that you found this interesting. If you liked this, if you enjoyed it, share it with someone that you think might enjoy it. Check out the Facebook group, guys. Uh, we have a Facebook group that is really um, coming along. we got some good uh, content on there, and we post follow-up questions. We post links. We're going to post the link to, to Martin Smith, singing at your church. We're going to post that in the <laughs> Facebook go. group. I'm not going to put it in the video. You have to go to the Facebook group if you want to watch that. Okay? <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, until next time, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and don't be a jerk. Bye.